0: Cutting edge startups and Fortune 500s all in one room talking about how emerging technologies are changing our world. This is The Tech House, and I'm Swish, your host, the CEO of Truefit. Today I'm here with Piyush Gore and Aaron Lab. Piyush is a senior product manager, AI product portfolio at TELUS with some of his latest projects involving voice AIs and how they can better communicate with us. Aaron, is a CTO and founder of Lucid, an app that personalizes music to increase your well-being through psychoacoustics and machine learning. Voice AI and machine learning is something every company seems to be experimenting with, not to say that every startup seems to include AI or machine learning into their pitch deck to increase their valuation, but that's a side note. Before the
1: podcast, I asked Piyush for a little bit of a clarification on what these terms meant. Right, so machine learning is a subset of artificial intelligence. And what it really is, is a set of algorithms that are designed to do certain tasks and whoever designs that, they give it a goal. And they are algorithms designed to do reach that goal. In a very simple English language, so to say, that's exactly what machine learning is. When you say voice AI, what it really means is it's catering towards the voice products, which means um, Alexa's the world or Google Assistant of the world and the third party vendors who are making skills and actions on those products. So clearly voice is getting really
0: big, but how does it affect our behavior and mental health? I was chatting with Aaron about psychoacoustics and how his company Lucid is leveraging it to help their users. Yeah, so psychoacoustics
2: is the brain's perception of sound or the study of that.
0: In our case, we use
2: psychoacoustics to leverage a certain reaction in the brain. So in our case, a therapeutic reaction. But if you were to manipulate psychoacoustics in you know various ways, you can you know elicit various reactions, essentially. So it's just the brain's interaction with sound.
0: For today's discussion, I want to answer the question on everyone's mind. Should AI be feared? I want to get really real for a second and I want to answer what fears you or the general population should have around AI. I think in the future, we're definitely going to be a little reluctant to go after new technologies that might take away from the jobs of other people in our community. That being said, though, I think we pivoted from the industrial revolution at one point to the world that we currently live in. And in the same way that people were able to wake up, they were able to adapt their lifestyle to being able to accommodate new technologies. I think that might be a similar landscape for how people are going to adopt new technologies when it happens with AI. So to start off, what are some misconceptions you guys run into on a daily basis? Aaron, you want to kick us off?
2: you know, the misconceptions that we run into is is kind of just that, right? The whole concept that AI is going to take over and, you know, it's going to, you know, ruin us and all this kind of stuff. At the end of the day, AI is just prediction. It's just, you know, a computer's ability to predict something that hasn't happened yet. So, you know, in that vein, I think it is replacing us in the sense that it's replacing these, you know, jobs at a low level that people don't actually enjoy doing, but are forced to do because, you know, they're just mechanical tasks that we need to have done. What I think AI is going to do is, is, you know, and I'm an optimistic person, but I I think it allows us to open up what we are designed to do as humans, which is create and, and do things that are intangible and, you know, ha- like utilize emotion for things that, you know, machines, you know, potentially might never do. And, and you know, if not, it would be a very long time before that happens. Uh, so I think AI is not to be feared. I think it's a tool. I think it's something that can be, you know, a really invaluable part of our lives. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think that's definitely a misconception is that, you know, it's taking over Uh kind of feeling.
1: Piyush, do, do you agree with those sentiments? Yeah. 100% agree with what he said, like in terms of AI is taking over. I mean, I, I've seen the same misconception here as well. Like I would say one is that, hey, AI is taking over the world. But, uh, second is it's going to take away all your jobs. On the positive note, what I hear people saying is, oh, AI will solve this. In terms of
0: challenges that both of you guys face, because I bet they are a lot, especially in the health tech and AI space. Piyush, what are some challenges that you face in terms of consumer adoption for
1: the products that you guys are putting out? From challenges aspect, I would say, is building the trust, building customers trust over voice. Other one uh, in terms of challenges is customer consumer behaviors. Right? We train our customers and I'm part of it and you're part of it here as well that, hey, you you are tuned, your mind is tuned to see certain aspects like you have a real estate on your mobile phone desktop, you see the app, you see the next button, you see the go back button. When you purchase a certain thing, you see a confirmation page and then you know, yes, I've confirmed the thing. And on the voice, if you say, hey, buy me uh, 2GB data, for example, you need to see the visual cues and customers are slowly gradually getting to that space. So far the main, main sort of say use cases, music, news, weather, so and so on. Slowly gradually customers are getting in hey, actually, actually can you just quickly transfer money? The same bank account. I mean, hey, transfer money to Aaron and there we go. Mm-hmm. Done. Mm-hmm. So slowly gradually people are catching up, but then a lot of awareness, a lot of you know kind of education piece needs to be done there. And then in terms of voice AI, obviously there's a
0: lot of, from a, from a trust perspective, there are many consumers that feel like if I have a Google Home, if I have an Alexa in my house, they can hear every conversation that I'm putting out, even if it's not directed to them. So there are a lot of ethical violations that you could potentially run into in that space. What are some of them and what are some ways to get around those ethical violations to take you know millions of people's data on a daily basis?
1: I hundred percent agree. I mean, this is one. This one thing actually worries me as well. To be honest with you, like being transparent. On the other hand, our phones had been listening to us from last many years as well. Siri had been around for 2011 and whatnot, and then Google Assistant had been in the phone for many years now. So they had been listening to us, but that's not a solution. Clearly, from my level at a product level, uh, what we do in our team is whenever we start a product which has an AI component to it, first thing we do is go and speak to a privacy folks. Like, hey, let's design this thing together because what I don't want to do is go further ahead in one direction, then I realize ah it's not privacy compatible and kill it now so so keep privacy folks you know very close to you because they are the ones who're going to keep you guided and make, make sure that you're on the right track
0: and then aaron obviously starting a company from scratch has a lot of challenges on a daily basis. What are some of the big ones that you've encountered with building Lucid's technology?
2: As many people know, machine learning is, is only as good as the data that you provide it. Uh, so for us, uh, sensors are kind of a big one, a big challenge for us. You know, having a robust data set of biometric data that you know has no noise or little to no noise is is a huge challenge for us. So like, you know, a lot of the wearables that are out in the market right now, for example, you know, our system is kind of capped at, at what is capable with that. So we've been forced as a software play to adjust adopt the development of sensors in order to kind of enrich the product experience for us, which is a huge challenge, as many people know in in a startup space, is is kind of having that uh, software and hardware component.
0: Is the goal to go wireless entirely?
2: Yeah. So the goal for us, I think, being that it is a wellness experience, is we want to have a, a completely tangible interface. So something that you touch, but also something that is wireless, uh, wearable free, rather. You know, something really liberating about being able to just have a contactless solution that, you know, gives the sensing and all, all the different data that we need with, without having to strap a bunch of things to a user.
0: Right. And in terms of Lucid's technology, how do you guys curate playlists that can directly target users and personalize their experience for them?
2: Lucid works on music on a molecular level, uh, essentially. So, we break music down to what's called music information features. So, you know, tempo, uh, you know, mode, uh, you know, chord color, all this other stuff. You know, there's like a whole slew of classifiers that we've built around music to break it down to the raw components and the physiological reaction we have to those components. So, essentially, what the machine does is it'll assess all of that information and it'll know certain components will be uh, useful during certain states uh, that a user is in. And it'll also know on a personal level, too, like Payush, you know last time you heard uptempo music they had he had this reaction even though it's against what the rules say the the ml can then adapt to him to make it personalized on that level breaking it down to the it's very components is is kind of how we work with with music
0: and then just to play devil's advocate i mean from an optics level could that potentially be perceived in a negative way that you guys are using a computer to manipulate human emotions?
2: Everything in our lives is, u- is being used to manipulate our emotions, right? You know, every, every piece of marketing that we ingest, you know, this coffee that I'm drinking. Yes, it is manipulating your emotions, but it is manipulating your emotions for the better. Where, you know, a lot of the other things we interact with in our lives don't have that reassurance.
1: And just to top up on that, I mean... Um thing that I've seen working fairly well is that you tell your customer this is what I'm you know this is the data I'm gathering and this is the way it's getting used for just tell up front this is what you're giving up and this will be used for this and if they're not happy that's okay but if they at least they know what they're signing up for right so they're okay in that sense so breaking news
0: AI might not be taking over the world but how can we clearly educate consumers on new technologies we're developing When it comes to educating consumers on AI, the first thing we should do is just define the word for people. Give them examples of how we are currently using AI right now. So take a look at examples like Uber, like Lyft, and give those examples to people so they don't think that AI is a crazy robot that's going to come at a certain point and kill us all. Off the top of my head, I think there's a massive opportunity for brands to educate their consumers about AI. I think the problem right now is a lot of brands are putting way too much emphasis on trying to sell their product rather than selling the aspect of their product that involves AI. If they were able to do that, I think they would actually be able to achieve a lot more customer opt-in because you are being entirely transparent about the product and what it entails. But I was curious about what Aaron and Piyush had to say.
2: You know, education and knowledge transfer is a big thing uh, with any technology, um, but especially with AI, because there's a lot of unknowns for people. Being upfront, you know, telling people exactly how the the data is being used and even having, you know, explanations, you know, on your website uh, for for people to kind of gain a broader understanding for how AI works. I think that's all very important and and kind of adoption. I think having a dialogue with the customers is another big thing uh, with the users. Learning what their exact fears are and and finding ways to kind of mitigate those things. So, you know, in our case, it was uh, obviously the privatization of the health data. So like uh, we worked very hard with, you know, our user testing groups in order to figure out a way to have a authentication sequence that was unique and that was uh, anonymized. So in our case, we don't use you know email addresses. We don't use anything that can be identified with them. And all of the health data is completely anonymous to a user ID key. And I think that was a big thing for making people comfortable with using the product. Um, and they learned about AI in the process.
0: Right. And that health data, like how could it be used to improve you know our lives in general like any any case studies that you have there
2: the more data we feed our system the better it gets at you know predicting what music will kind of help provide people the intervention they need
0: and then pish for you with voice ai What are some tactics that TELUS is using to better promote human health and to
1: educate our populace upon what you guys are doing? Right. So in terms of solutionizing the problem, the problem we have with the voice AI, the best thing is to go and ask customers. Like That's the one thing I've learned. Like, hey, if you have a problem, first go and speak to customers. And what we have learned so far is the trust is is something that they're still building with with the voice ecosystem altogether. Amazon and Google, they both are trying to figure out solutions to this as well. Um, the, the authentication piece is a bit of unknown right now in the, in the world of voice. Second piece is the taxonomy. Samsung calls it something different. Apple calls to something different. Google and Amazon have their own names to this. If I call an app, if I tell you what app is, everyone knows that everybody's on the same page what app is. But in terms of... Uh, Google they call it action. Samsung called it capsule. This a you know, different terminology. So this will take a while to kind of you know narrow it down to one sort of say language. Second thing is every industry has their own sort of ontology, right? Health has different words. They're not used so so commonly in the English language. Plus go and awareness. You increase awareness with the customers that hey you can do X Y Z with this, and anything beyond that you need the visual aid or need to call in or you know further further uh, sort of say, assistance is required. With with user testing though from everything that you guys are doing with
0: invoice AI, what has been the general reaction towards those projects? In terms of the use cases,
1: how are people interacting with devices in their home when it comes to talking to them? Very good question. A lot of mixed reviews to start with, but people who get it, people who understand, try and get it, they will come back and give you suggestions. I'll give you an example. When we launched the Amazon skill in 2017, December, I think January sometime, we got a review back saying, oh, this is brilliant, tell us I was waiting for this and so and so on. By the way, why can't I ask my wife's bill or my kid's data usage so what we had given was hey you you link your account and you get your usage but the person wanted to know more and it's a brilliant idea like that's amazing i'm gonna i'm gonna include that in my next revision so the people who get it they are actually diving deep into it and then trying to figure out hey what else can i do with this which actually makes my life more convenient
0: and then aaron what do you think the next steps are for canada in particular the country to unlock the full potential of ai i think uh, the canadian landscape needs to take more risks i think That's
2: when, you know, really exciting problems start to be solved is, you know, when we decide to allocate resources to things that are on the more riskier side of things, you know, not like, you know, something that could be safer, but uh, but might not have uh, nearly as many innovative outcomes, I would say. So I think generally the attitude needs to be more um, adventurous. AI doesn't have a bad day, you know, uh, AI is, 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 is built on data and, and, and built on, you know, uh, learning from, from mass pools of, of previous experiences. So it's, it's evidence based just in its na- natural function. Right. But I would say as a whole on like the tool set level, we definitely have the tools available to us or just, you know, in our backyard. For
0: and sure. Why, why do you think Canadians are just risk averse? Like we are polite people, but we're very similar to Americans in many ways. Why is it that Canada as a whole is very risk averse when it comes to the venture capital scene.
2: It's just sheer size difference, right? Like the economy in the U.S. is is much larger. There's a lot more capital. Um, There's a lot more wiggle room to make risks, right? If if you're running a a VC firm and you have, you know, $10 million uh, versus, you know, the firms that will have, you know, a billion, it's much easier for the large firm to throw out a whole bunch of money and just like, you know, find these really exciting but very unlikely to succeed, you know, ventures that like they're moonshots, right?
0: I feel really excited by what Piyush and Aaron had to say about AI, and I think we all do. There's just massive opportunity when it comes to implementing AI into the brands that we love, into their product lines, and being able to not only make our lives better, but being able to really make us think... How can we apply AI to other problems that haven't been solved? I've said it before, I'll say it again. I don't think that AI, personally speaking, should be feared. I think the opportunities it can provide not only to technology, but across the board, to the medical field, to being able to help problems in third world countries, is something that we should embrace. At the end of the day, I think AI should definitely be regulated in its rollout. That's something more for the government to care about than individual people. Perfect. We're going to get ready right to our rapid fire rounds. This is basically going to wrap up the entire segment. And we're going to ask you a couple of questions, just short answers. The first question, what do you want to see invented in the next 10 years? If you want, get creative. It can be outside of voice AI as well.
1: Let's go to Mars. Yeah, <laughs> and, 10 years, Who's going to who's
0: gonna take it there, Elon? I would say so. Yeah, Elon mm-hmm. Musk. Yeah,
1: and if there are hundred, you're looking for first hundred people. I would be one of those.
0: Number two, though, how can we implement you know Lucid's technology that you really need? It's awesome that you guys are both on the show. Um, how can we implement Lucid's technology into
1: Telus's initiatives? There's a, a clear synergies in terms of what Lucid does and what Telus is. So to say, in, in DNA, we are one of those guys who love to give back and and take care of the people who you serve as in terms of whatever technology we have or however we can serve so we have a big health programs in, in tell us we have a big health arm here i would love to actually sit, sit with you and understand like what exactly technology is and how we can actually kind of you know complement each other with what we have as a support system and how we can use your technology 100% and then number 3 what excites you in general about the
0: future of AI technology?
1: Right. The very fact that it's going to take away the inefficiencies from the systems. and It could be in you know, a government system. It could be supply chain logistics. The inefficiencies will go away. And then the prediction of problems, where exactly the breakdown is going to happen.
0: And lastly, what is the maybe one or two things that you're the most proud about when
1: it comes to what TELUS is doing within voice AI? So from product standpoint, what we're trying to do is cut down all the friction points and get people or consumers to the, using the service directly. And it could be in the in the TV, for example, the person has to go through different guides and channels and search and this and that. You can just say, hey, play me Game of Thrones, this episode, and it, it knows your voice, it goes in the back and it picks up where you had left, left last, for example. Similarly, the peace of mind that we provide from home security standpoint, right? I, I should be able to just call my my Apple Watch Siri here on my phone saying, hey, is Paula home? And figure out, yes, if she is, then it shows a quick snap it, snippet of her. Got it, Aaron. Are you ready? Yes. Perfect. So, as
0: an entrepreneur, did you ever have a moment, for example, where you thought the company was going to die? Oh yeah, a lot of
2: times. You know, we we've been a startup for a full year now, um, and I would say it's only been about a month that we're comfortable that we'll be a sustainable <laughs> business. Like right. it's really nice. it's a it's a very difficult road uh, to to kind of to walk on. Um, and I think the biggest kind of challenge, uh, the thing that will cripple you as an entrepreneur is self-doubt.
0: I love that. In terms of Lucid in particular, imagine you guys become a team of 50, 100, 150 people. What is that common philosophy you want every employee to embody?
2: yeah so the common philosophy that I want everyone to embody is kind of what our moonshot is right which is to turn music into medicine right and this is this concept of unlocking the full therapeutic potential of something that we all enjoy in our day-to-day lives
0: in the in the health tech space there obviously are a lot of big players you know the head spaces calms of the world mm. do you guys see them more as competition or can a user use them and supplement with what lucid is providing from a humanist standpoint uh, I think <laughs> I think there's room for a lot
2: of stuff uh, when it comes to wellness right like nobody nobody's walking around saying that you know yoga is the only solution, or that five HTP and vitamins are like the only solution. I think that you know even in the digital world, there's room to have you know various approaches to wellness, right? Our approaches through music, you know, Headspace and Calm use meditation and and you know voiceover tracks. I think you know we can all coexist. Um, obviously, there's the business implications and you know all of that. You know kind of market relevant kind of competition that that is something that is very real. But I think that there's room for everything to grow.
0: Love it. Well that's a wrap. Thank you, Piyush and Aaron, for for coming on to the show. Really, really appreciate it. How can people reach out to you, Piush? What's the best way for for our listeners to reach out to you?
1: LinkedIn is the best. LinkedIn. And Aaron?
0: I would say LinkedIn for me personally.
2: Um, Also, we're very accessible on our Instagram page at the Lucid Universe. Uh, So you guys can feel free to send us a message there as well.
0: You guys have been listening to the Tech House podcast where we bring cutting-edge startups and Fortune 500s to the table to talk about their contrasting views on how tech is changing our world. Stay tuned for our next episode. This is your host, Swish, signing off. This podcast is supported by Origins Media House and TrueFan. Origins Media House is a content marketing agency that consistently engages your audience through entertaining podcasts and value-packed videos. It's a group of three hardworking women that are here to be able to allow you to live your life better and learn from some of the best in your market. TrueFan is a fan engagement and discovery platform helping brands identify and reward their top fans as well as find new customers that are primed for conversion. If you're interested in learning more about TrueFan, you can visit us at truefan.io or send an email to sales at truefan.io.